trust in the Lord this evening. Amen. In Jehovah, we trust. That's what the song means. God bless you richly. As we turn to the book of Revelation, chapter 3, I think it's the same scripture that was read on Sunday. As I want to speak on an overcome. And overcome. It reads in this manner that is Revelation t- uh, 3, verse 21. It says, To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame. He would never expect you to do something that he has never done. You've got to overcome because he overcame. You've got to be perfect because he was perfect. You've got to be holy because he was holy. Uh, Amen. And I am set down with my father in his throne. And he that hath an ear... Let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Amen. Amen. And then I just want us to turn to the book of Hebrews. The chapter will be 5. The verse will be 7. Hebrews 5, 7. It says, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death, and was hurt in that he feared, though he were a son, yet lent, yet lent he obediency by the things which he suffered, and being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Amen. As we bow our heads, gracious Heavenly Father, we are very much thankful. We have read the portion of the scripture. And Lord, we just expect your anointing to come. And Lord, so that the scriptures can be divinely revealed to your seat. We realize that we live in a time where We've got to overcome. And Lord, we realize that you would have never called us to be overcomers unless there was a battle that we had to come and participate in. But Lord, tonight we just want to look at the mechanics of victory and how to go about it in becoming victorious. But when all is said and done, I believe there will definitely be overcomers. People that will overcome the spirit of the age and as well as the devil himself. We just want to commit everybody to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. While you take your seats. Amen. Just a couple of minutes. I want us to speak on, I'm not going to keep you long. I want us to speak on the overcomers. Hallelujah. To overcomer. The scripture says to him that overcometh will I grant you to sit with me in my throne. Amen. Uh, you must remember for every statement there is always a flip side to every statement. If there is a passing student, there is a failing student. Hallelujah. Uh, and then that is why Brother Brennan says in this message, Lord, this in church age, he says, now what are we to overcome? He says, that is the normal question to ask here. Hallelujah. What is it that we've got to overcome? There's quite a lot of things that we need to overcome in the end time. But Brother Brennan says, the greatest thing that you've got to overcome is yourself. Hallelujah. He says, the greatest enemy that I've got is not my brother, but it's myself. I've got to overcome William Brenham. Amen. 
Because why? Why do we need to, you need to overcome yourself? You are a battlefield to yourself. Uh, a human mind was chosen to be a battlefield, so as a result, you are a battlefield. Now he continues in the same message, he says, and a quick look at those scriptures which involve the Lord Jesus overcoming will bring out the truth of this proposition. And it says in Matthew 4, wherein Jesus is tempted of the devil, he overcame the personal temptations of Satan by the weight. And by the weight only. So that means this victory that we are speaking about, it will never be achieved through denominationalism. It will never be achieved through organization. It will never be achieved through education or psychology. But this victory will be realized by the word of God. How many agree that the weight will defeat the enemy anywhere, anytime, and under any condition? Because when the Messiah was confronted by the devil, his answer to every devil's question was that it is written, it is written, it is written, until the devil flee away. Are we together? And this evening you've got 1,200 messages that come from the prophet messenger over and above the Bible that you carry. So you've got every right whenever you meet the devil to defeat him by the word and say, devil, it is written. Hallelujah. And it must not just be a statement that you utter. It must be something that you definitely believe in. And say, devil, it is written. It is written. And that is how he was able to overcome the devil. Are we together? And you can realize that when he overcame, the flip side of it is that when the enemy came to Eve, what made Eve to be defeated is that she failed to apply the weight. Are we together? And then the prophet of God says, and even Adam fell in direct disobedience to the weight. So he fell to the personal temptation of Satan by failing to use the weight. And Adam fell in direct disobedience to the weight. But Jesus overcame by the weight. And I want to say, if Jesus overcame by the weight, the bride shall overcome by the weight. Hallelujah. And here's a, a beautiful thing in the end time. Is that you are not just quoting scriptures. But you, the prophet of God says, now the weight is in the bride. He says, the bride has got thou, says the Lord. She knows what to do with the weight. What must the bride do with the weight? The bride must apply the weight. That's why Brother Bram says, anything that comes to you that is contrary to the revealed weight of the hour, it must be rejected. Are, we, are you still with me, folks? Amen. We are speaking about overcomers. It's a, this age is still going to be tough, folks, before we are taken out of this age. There's going to be, there's still battles that are still yet to be fought uh, for us to, to, to be taken out of this generation and to be declared as victors. Are we together? I'm simply saying we are not going to be raptured while you are sitting on a bed of roses. You are going to be put through trials. Hallelujah. The devil is not definite. He's not going to give victory on a silver platter. He is going to fight. And I believe that the real battle in the end time, it is against the devil and the message believers. How many believe that? The devil in the end time, he has, he has, he has rallied all his forces to be against the weight of the hour. Because outside the weight of the hour, there is no way of escape. Uh, do you believe that? Outside the revealed weight of the hour, there is no way to escape. Our way together. And Brother Branham says, when you look at Jesus, what made Jesus to be very, uh, to be overcoming, is that he was obedient to the weight. Though he were a son, he learned Yet lent he obediency by the things which he suffered. Being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey. What was he obedient to? He was obedient to the word of God. He says, I will never do anything until I see the Father leading me to do it first. Are we together? So Jesus Christ was spirit-led. That means the followers of Jesus Christ in the end time must be the spirit-led people. 
Hallelujah. Before you do anything, you need to check what is the Spirit of God saying about that. And how will you find what the Spirit of God is saying about that? What is the message of the hour saying about it? If it is not in the message of the hour, it must be rejected. Are we together? But we are, we are, we are waiting to see that when the dust settles, we are waiting to see the people in this generation that will raise their hands and display the V sign, the victory sign, and say, God, you have brought us here. But here we are. We have overcome the David. And that is why the scripture says, He that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. What does it mean? It means the people that are going to heaven. Heaven, as we often say, is not a place of refugees. It's not a place that you run to. It's a place that you go and receive your award because you fought here and overcame the devil here and you have got every right to have your crown. Are we together? No one is just going to have a crown dropping on their head. It has to be something that you've got to fight through. There are battles that are designed for old people. There are battles that are designed for young people. There are battles that are designed for pastors. There are battles that are designed for sisters. There are battles that are designed for brothers. There are battles that are designed for married people. There are battles that are designed for communities. But in those battles, you have to overcome. Are we together? And with God, almost doesn't count. You cannot say, I almost made it. No. This is the age where every battle, and let me tell you folks, the reason the battles are coming our way is because the devil knows that we are the right people. But over and above that, the beauty about it is that God is not an irresponsible God. He can never bring you into an environment unless you've got the DNA that will enable you to overcome that environment. Hallelujah. That means if I had God released you during the time of Moses, many of you would have not made it. Because why? It is not part of your DNA. You are not an attribute of God for that specific age. I would have never defeated Pharaoh. But guess what? In the end time, I will defeat the Pharaoh of my time because it is coming by predestination. Are we together, folks? Amen. Do you know that even a car manufacturer, when they design a car, they check the weather conditions where the car will be driven. Hallelujah. A car that is being driven in Canada, especially on the northern side where it's very cold, is different from the car that you drive in South Africa because of the weather conditions. I think you must have seen certain cars in Devon where you see them, they've got corrosion because what's happening is because of the weather conditions down there. Are we together? So when a, a, a responsible manufacturer, when he manufactures a car, he's got to study the conditions and say this car must only be driven in South Africa because it has been designed for weather conditions in South Africa. And if their car goes to a wrong country, that car is going to have a problem. Are we together? And I'm glad that in the end time when God designed his thought, when God designed his attributes, he looked at Moses and said, Moses, you can come during your time. And during your time, there will be Pharaoh. And you, Moses, I will put everything that is required in you to overcome Pharaoh. And when Pharaoh came, Pharaoh was not fighting against Moses. Pharaoh was fighting against the makeup of Moses. That means for Pharaoh to overcome Moses, Pharaoh had to tamper with the makeup of Moses. And he would have never tampered with the makeup of Moses unless he tampered with God. Are we together? Because God is the one that created Moses. And when David came, David had to overcome Goliath because one, it was in the makeup of David to overcome Goliath. It was the right man at the right time with the right tool which was a slingshot and that's why he was able to overcome Goliath. And in the end time, if Paul was supposed to be brought in our time, he would have never survived our time because his makeup is not for our time. But you and I, we have been designed to come in a time where there is deception, to come in a time where there is religious spirit, to come in a time where evil is all over. But the beauty about it, it is in our makeup. It is in our DNA to overcome the David. And that is why I say the David stands no chance against the church of the living God. You've got to check the originality of a product. Uh, I think Brother Pastor Chetiz mentioned something very critical that stuck with me. That a man can hunt a lion and kill the lion. 
But goodness, I don't know how many men have you ever seen when they are sick. When we are sick, we are hopeless. Yes, including me as a pastor. Just an ordinary flu, it turns the bed to look like a dead bed. The whole world stands because the man is sick. Because men are bold, everything that reduces him to be bedridden, he only thinks that now it's about, now it's death. Hallelujah. The threshold for a man to endure pain is minimal. But for a woman, hallelujah, I'm told that the closest pain that can come to childbirth is kidney stones. But imagine if, if a man behaves like a woman, approaches things like a woman, such a man will suffer constant defeats. Because it is not in his makeup to be a woman. And he will come, and that is why the homosexuals, I don't know many of you, whenever they want to come across as a woman, they really overdo it, and it's quite irritating. <laughs> and sometimes the way they walk, uh, the boy, he can try to mimic a woman's voice, but the, when he walks, you look at the, especially uh, the leg. You see that this is quite a strong leg. <laughs> if they shake your hand, you really feel that, no, 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 no. This hand is not tender. Because why? He's trying to be something else that God has not created him to be. And, and spending time pretend, uh, uh, wanting to be a woman robs him of his God-given traits as a man. Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, goodness, as a man, there are, the men know there are times where you really, really, you want your voice to be husky. To feel that is the voice of a man, especially if there is a knock at the gate at 3 o'clock a.m. You want people to know that there is a man in the house and you say, who is there? Are we together? But imagine if you have mimicked your voice, you will not have the ability to intimidate the enemy with your voice. I'm simply saying certain things, situations, for you to overcome this situation, you've got to tap into your originality. And what makes people to be defeated in the end time is because people have got a makeup that they project and they don't project their originality. And when you don't project your originality, there are certain things that are invested in your originality. And you and you alone can only be able to be the one that express those things. Are we together, folks? I hope you are with me. Now, the prophet of God says here, if we speak about overcoming, they've asked him a few questions. You'll realize that a lot of battles that you will go through are not external. They're actually mind battles. Before defeat is expressed, you suffer defeat in your mind. That's why a mind was chosen to be a battle. Are we together? They asked Brother Branham, this person asked Brother Branham this question, he says, in the message question and answers, he says, if they if the case may be that the devil is placing thoughts in your mind about a certain thing, how may it be, how may it be overcome or got rid of? If the devil puts thoughts in your mind. Let me say this. You cannot control thoughts. The devil will flood you and even certain dreams, you will dream certain dreams. And it is not you choosing those dreams. There is a certain thought that will drop in your mind. And you are not the originator of that thought. Brother Brenham has taught us many a times. He says, you can never be held accountable for the birds that fly over your head. But when they build a nest on your head, then we hold you accountable. So that means the thoughts. And they, this person wanted to know if the devil places thoughts in your mind. And I'm saying the devil is going to place thoughts in your mind. And it says, take the very 
visa visa from it, meaning the opposite of it. That means if the devil tells you something or drops a thought in your mind, you must never agree with that thought. You must reject that thought. You must quote scriptures on that thought. You must quote quotations on that thought. You must rob that thought of its life. It must die. Because once a thought is sustained, it becomes a belief system. And once it becomes a belief system, it becomes your way of life. Your habit, before it became a habit, it was a belief. And before it became a belief, it was a thought. Are we together? And before it was a thought, it was not your own. But you entertain it, and as a result, it created a belief in you that I need such a thing, I need a cigarette for me to be able to come. And after you believe that, you can't do without a cigarette. You've got to wake up in the middle of the night to go and buy a cigarette. But it's not a cigarette that's a problem. The problem is the thought that found life in your mind. And it starts with you saying, listen, David, I do not need that thing. That thing is of the David. What I need is the word of God for me to become. Now you have replaced a bad thought with a good thought. Are you here, folks? And I think we need to practice the art of acting contrary or opposite. If the devil makes you think that you are, you know, you are a Christian, he tries to make you think you are not, just take the vice versa and say, I am a Christian. The prophet is simply saying, and let me tell you something, you can never ever escape this. Everyone inside this building, you have conversations with yourself. And those conversations, whether they are positive or negative, it depends on thoughts that you entertain. There are people when they look themselves in the mirror, they just hate themselves and say, I don't look good or whatever. But it is the thought. And once it becomes a thought on you and say, "Ah, there is nothing good about me, it affects your self-esteem. And once it affects your self-esteem, it makes you to be subject, maybe to drugs, because you've got to overcompensate for your self-esteem. Are you still with me? As long as you as long as your experience meshes God's weight. Say, I am a Christian. Anything else, the same way. When you answer this, please pray for me to overcome this as I'm not myself. This is the person that was asking this question. And it says, God, may God grant you the overcoming whoever you are. May your thoughts just go right back the other side and say, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. Satan, you have no hold on me. And I think a lot of people had much better say that. And it says, frankly, this is now the prophet. He moves from the man, the person that wrote this. He comes to himself. He says, frankly, I'm standing right here now saying the same thing to keep myself from fainting right here at the pulpit. Four or five times, I almost pitch over on the pulpit. That's the truth. God knows the, the, knows it's right. While the prophet is answering this question, he's feeling dizzy behind the pulpit, but he keeps on telling himself, say, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Nothing wrong with me, I'm fine. But he says for five times, he almost fell over because of the dizziness. Are we together? But for him to overcome the dizziness, he says, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And it happened with me the other time. I was not feeling well in the, pul- in the office today. And I was saying, will I finish my message? Because I feel very dizzy. I don't know what is wrong with me. But something said, you are fine. You are fine. I came behind the pulpit first 15 minutes. I felt very dizzy. But I kept on saying, I'm fine. But by the time I hit the middle of the sermon, I was fine. What happened is because I refused that table in the office. I refused that table behind the pulpit. And the table was defeated. And if we can do it, you can do it right on your seat.
Are you still with me? There's another question as well. In COD. They asked him a question. He says, when a person realizes he has an inferior complex or some sort of complex, how may he overcome this? Inferior complex. It's a it's a demon. It's not just a psychological condition. I don't know. When you have inferior complex, when we walk into a room where there's full of people, sometimes you feel as if you are not wearing the same uh, pair of shoes. You become very self-conscious. You feel maybe my skirt must be torn apart or something. You keep on adjusting yourself because you you are not confident. Are we together? So this person had, and uh, by the way, inferiority complex is the the demon, and superiority complex is the demon. Hallelujah. So it doesn't mean that if you've got superiority complex, you walk into a place, you look at everybody, you undermine them and say, who is the big guy around here? That is a demon. There's got to be the middle of the road. Are we together? And then you with inferiority complex, when you walk, walk into an environment, you don't want to speak to people, you become withdrawn, you doubt yourself, and then day after the devil tells you that no, it's humility. No, it's not humility. Inferiority complex is the devil, is the demon. And inferiority complex, a lot of people could have done a lot of things for the kingdom of God, but because of this demon, you've got a beautiful song. It blesses you. You can become a blessing. You can't do anything about it because this demon keep on jumping on your shoulder and say, people can sing but not you. People can testify but not you. Are we together? An inferiority demon, a complex, it's a demon that can cripple your life. Amen. To such an extent that when it is worse, you go where you've become, you have panic attacks. I don't know whether people have ever seen where people have panic attacks. It's a demon. And this person says, should it be if he was the only child caused this in his early youth? The person says, this inferiority complex is it connected with one's bringing, especially if they were the only child in the family? Hallelujah. Amen. Brother Branham says, take exactly the opposite. If you're always wanting your way, and that one little bread that wants to always have everything your way, turn right back around and give everything you got the other way. If you are selfish and you want to hold everything, then start giving away what you've got. So that means the art, the antidote for this thing is that you must act contrary. If you are selfish, start giving out. If you want your own way, give another person their own way and say, let me understand this thing from your perspective. Are we together? And I I don't want to move from this thing. So, this person, he says, can it be because it was caused by an upbringing? An upbringing in a lot of families. An upbringing, how you are brought up, unless God intervenes. Some, some marriages are derailed, not because of what is happening in a marriage, but because of something that happened many years ago, when a person was still young. Hallelujah. You've got a young man who had father issues. And as he grew up, he never had a father. He comes into a marriage where he's supposed to be a father. He's supposed to be the head of the family. He gets overwhelmed. And when he gets overwhelmed, he becomes very short-tempered. Because what's happening? A lot of times when there is a short temper, it's because there is a, a deficiency that you are trying to hide. A young woman was raised, the father ran away and left them on their own. She comes into a marriage, she always has second thoughts and say, 
What if he leaves me? What if he leaves me? Because the moment you keep on saying, what if he leaves me? You are conditioning yourself. You are preparing yourself that if he goes, I will be fine. And without him going, you are destroying the marriage. Because you are already in the mood that he's gone. But when you check, when a person sits down there and sits down with these people, the problem is not in the marriage. The problem is traced back where they come from. That is why Brother Branham said, before you get married, make sure that you are filled with the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost will come and clean the entire system and give you a new experience. And I would much better say this to you. There are men that have grown with beards in their senior years. But they've got daddy issues that are lingering on from their childhood. A young man came into my office, was a visitor. And he says, Pastor, I'm here. My father never prepared me how to be a man. And now he's gone. When you look at that simple statement, you can say, get over yourself. What's the big deal? But the young man broke down and says, I'm fighting battles. I keep on losing battles. And I feel like my father was never there for me. He left us when we were still young. And I've got certain battles that I needed to a father figure in my life to advise me how to navigate them. And I feel like I'm on my own. I've got no one to turn to. What must I do? Is he a man? Yes, he's a man. But there are certain things that happen in his childhood that are creating a problem for him in his adulthood. And such boys, when they grow up, they become, they've got inferior complex. Because he was rejected by the father when he was still young. He comes into marriage and gets married to a woman. Every time at the back of his mind, he's preparing himself for rejection and say, I was rejected when I was young. And now I know that it's a matter of time because I'm not worthy of being accepted. It's a matter of time before this woman rejects me. And he begins to develop anger issues. Before you know it, you see what is happening in this country. He kills the woman, bends her. But when you check, it's because the father was not there. And the young men grew up with a poor self-esteem. A lot of young boys that are on drugs, they're trying to overcompensate for lack of esteem. And many of them are coming from fatherless homes. And sister, if you've got a husband and your husband is there for your children, Praise be to God. Spend your time making sure that your children have got confidence in their father. Because many children do not know the experience of living in the same house with both parents there. And especially if the father is a believer, you've got to support that father. You've got to pray for that father. Hallelujah. Are we together? Every time when you want to create a scenario where men break down, begin to ask and say, tell us what happened to your father? How did you grow up? Most men have got horrific stories to tell. But when they come into marriage, because a man was made to be a Michael, to look like a superhero, They hide that, that look, I've got battles that I'm fighting on. Amen. Amen. Have you realized that if a father is a doctor, the boy is sent out to follow something within the medical profession? It's because of the power of the influence of the father upon the child. Imagine if the child is raised without the father. Amen. Amen. Let's come back to 
being an overcomer. In First John five four, if we can read it, then uh, John first. John one, chapter five, verse four. First John five, verse four. It says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. That's why you've got to be born again. Whatsoever is born of a woman is overcome by the world. But whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. Even our faith. I think Brother Mishabi spent time on this one last Wednesday. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. You've got to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And that means every man and woman that comes to a spot where they get the revelation of Jesus Christ. That revelation gives you victory on your life. Because what's happening? That revelation makes you a complete, a new creature. In Christ. What does it mean, folks? Through the first birth, we all come from a polluted gene pool. And because of that birth, that birth has got deficiencies. That birth, you know, there are certain, when you are here, you are a Christian tonight. I don't care how old you are. The devil has got the ability to go into your life and trace it through your lineage. And check certain spirits that are dominant in your, in, your, in your lineage. And as a Christian, once you have entered into Christ, and that curtain drops behind you because you stepped into the Holy of Holies, be it unknown unto you that there are spirits that are outside that are waiting for you just to slip up. And they will come and invade you. Are we together? Every I don't care I don't care whether you are a Mandela or whatever you may be or you are a Prince Charles. Every family has got within their lineage there is a certain spirit. It might be a spirit of adultery. It might be a spirit of alcoholism. It might be a spirit of smoking. Whatever, but there, there is a, spe- a specific spirit that is dominating. And let me tell you something. I've seen people coming on television, being news readers, being admired as celebrities. But all of a sudden, they just quit and say, I'm done. I need to go for initiation because the spirit says I must be a sangom. And you wonder, while you had such a great job, while everybody was looking up to you, you leave everything to come become a sangom. It's because in their lineage, there is a spirit of sangom that was there. And it kept on moving from generation to generation. And if they are not born again, that spirit will overrun them. But I'm glad that under the message of the hour, we were able to break the cycles. I don't care what spirits are there in the Madiba lineage. They have no power over me because by the grace of God, I'm a new creator in Christ. And that is why Jesus said, you must be born again. And being born again, it means you must break the cycle. Until everybody says, we know from that family, this is how it is. But you say, by the grace of God, I was able to rise above my family spirit. And as a result, the spirit that you overcome will never go to your children. Hallelujah. And that is why we are preaching the gospel. That is why we want the people to accept the gospel. Because some of you, while you are sitting here Wednesday evening as it is right now, you may be the only hope that can be able to break the cycle in your family. There is a particular spirit that is dominant in your family. But by the grace of God, when you yield yourself to the revealed word of the hour and you feed on the son of man, then you become the way. And everybody in your family, they say, we know we are drunkards, but she is not one. What happened? The blood of Jesus Christ washes much better. Now you come from a different gene pool. The first gene pool, it was Adam. He fell. And by representation, everyone that comes from that gene pool, they can never rise above sin. Abraham was a great man, a man of faith. 
but yet he told a lie. David was a mighty warrior, but yet he committed adultery. Moses was a great man, but yet he was short-tempered. You look at all of them, they had a problem, some sort of a problem, because they were coming from a, a polluted gene pool. But blessed be the name of the Lord, there was a perfect sacrifice. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. His name shall be a mighty God. And through the blood of that son, any man that believes in that son and has a revelation of that son, I do not care what spirits are there. They are able to rise up and defeat the David wherever they are. And this is an age of overcomers, folks. And to be an overcomer, don't catch the church spirit. A church has a spirit. And sometimes you can catch a church spirit thinking that you have the Holy Spirit. Only to find that you caught the spirit of the church. And uh, the bride, only the Holy Ghost filled bride is going into the rapture. Not a person that is full of the church spirit. There's family spirit. There's church spirit. There's community spirit. There's national spirit. Do you see how many spirits are against you? I think I've given you this example that even in this country when you move from place to place spirits differ. A lot of people when they come to Weedbank they say what a beautiful place, very quiet because now they are used to a GP against the paradise. <laughs> and if they are from Cape they are used to gangster or drug trafficking there. There's drugs today. But it doesn't mean that we don't have the spirit of weed bank. There is a spirit of weed bank. And because you are here, you've got to overcome the spirit of weed bank. And over and above that, you've got to overcome your human spirit. And over and above that, you've got to overcome your family spirit. And over and above that, you must overcome your church spirit and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And when you are filled with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost will make you an overcomer. How many believe that? He that is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Amen. How do you know that you are saved? Because you believe. Brother Bram says you are healed as long as you believe you are healed. He goes further and says you are saved as long as you believe you are saved. You know why the devil wants to convince you that you are not saved? Because as soon as he convinces you that you are not a Christian, then you become, you have an unbelief. And unbelief is a sin even before you drink anything or do anything. It will bear fruits. Hallelujah. Refuse the devil, he will flee away from you. How do you do that? Act contrary. God bless you as we stand. I think there is a song that says, Praise Him in the morning, praise Him. In the day, praise him during the sunset. Amen. These songs, when we sing them, it's a personal affirmation. It's confession. And confession is so powerful. Your confession can either make or break you. That's why the devil wants to hijack your mind. If he hijacks your mind, he ejects your tongue. If he ejects your tongue, he ejects your confession. If he ejects your confession, he has ejected your mouth, your, your life. And that is why when you speak to somebody and say, it is possible to live this way, and they say, no, it's impossible. As long as they don't believe in the possibility, 
they will never live that kind of life. But if somebody will show them and say, it is possible, and all of a sudden they say, I believe it is possible. If it can happen to you, it can happen to me. From right at that moment, they are breaking out of that cycle. Then you must know that there is a new life that is about to spring forth. But it starts on how you think. What you say determines how you live. Let's sing it.
there by Sassol and KFC, you turn right, you proceed towards Middle Bank, then there is a four-way stop to Jakaru, you go over that four-way stop, and the name of the place you look, this is the name of the place, it will be on your right-hand side, immediately after the Jakaru crossroad. Amen. Uh, the date, the 3rd of June, I know that one will be, by the time, is definitely 9 o'clock. Amen. The only person that is allowed to be late is the bride. Amen. If you are late, we'll ask, are you the bride? <laughs> God bless you richly. Let's come and fair and just rejoice. I think this couple inspires me so much out of something that people deem not to be great. God has brought something that is sublime. And that is the grace of God. And let's come and support them. These are kids. We've raised them. We've shown them the right way. And they've become a crown of this ministry. Amen. Just give us a song till we meet on Saturday. Amen. Amen.